0: their problems to me for as long as i can remember i have one of those faces that just says tell me what's going on and now i have one of those podcasts that says go ahead tell me what's going on welcome to mess in progress hey guys and welcome to mess in progress with myself gina briona my lovely co-host slash everything person Catherine and g mendoza Catherine, say hi to the people
1: hi, hi to the people
0: um hopefully that got the beginning of that because I feel like I may have recorded it and then started speaking too quickly so uh hi and welcome to mess in progress if it didn't get the if it didn't get the first part of that (laughs) if you missed that first part of that um you look so cute as usual
1: (laughs) excuse me not I I said you said that and then I burped like but like in the most unexpected I was like (laughs)
0: you look so beautiful (laughs) like a garbage pail kid
1: Uh. (laughs) oh man thank you um I actually tried today I was actually really okay so I bought this thing for heatless waves I've been feeling really way you know like beach waves Mm -hmm. so I wanted I was gonna buy a crimper don't judge me um but then I was like you know what I don't want to put too much heat in my hair and I've been doing like braids like at night so that I could have waves. But sometimes I just don't have the time or whatever. So I bought these heatless wave things, but my hair's too long for them. So I was looking all crazy. And here's the thing about me. If you're going to have curls or waves, you can't have the like eh, ends, you know, the ends that like just yep. be like like away. Oh, was it like Christina Gaston
0: used to say throwing gang signs? <laughs> Were your
1: yes. Yes, that's exactly what the ends are. So I... I I ended up putting the effort into like braiding my hair and taking it out. I've just been in that mood. So that that then was like, okay, do proper eyebrows. Okay, do eyeliner. And I was like, I guess we're doing things
0: today. I literally put on makeup and threw on a hat. Because I was like, this is the effort. I'm too exhausted. I'm too exhausted.
1: But you see, here's the thing about you. And I've always felt this way. You can get away with a hat and yet still look cute, girly and all this stuff. And here's, it's a face thing. Cause like, I don't know what it is about my face. Like a hat's great because the way that my forehead is set up, (laughs) like the hat complete, you know what I mean? Like I got a big forehead girl. This, you know, what's the best part of my forehead? I realized this recently. If you're not following me on TikTok, go look, you'll notice. I actively put the, Captions on my forehead. I have enough space for captions. Uh, That's what this space hilarious.
0: is. Hilarious, hilarious. Yo, I dead hate that you said that because I will never be able to unsee that now. <laughs> Every time I look at your TikToks, I'll be like, look at that forehead. Notice though, look at it Yo. right on the forehead.
1: This this forehead is like a whiteboard. It's a blackboard. That's, shit. It's, that's a
0: billboard. You got a billboard <laughs> right there that you just put. I'm going to put information for my next show on your next it, TikTok.
1: It made me think. I, I'm a big no fore- one them, I have a pretty
0: I'm, big forehead.
1: No, you don't because of your hairline. Your hairline still does this cute, like, uh, forehead peekaboo. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not big. Mine is, like, big like, look at this. What is this? Like, it looks like I got a tape up, like a shape up. Like, I went in there and I was like, give me a C5. Like, what?
0: <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you came with the ill fade, Catherine, with the fade.
1: <laughs> Yo, it's not. I'm telling you, the only benefit. I, I, it's, I remember the day, the day I, I was like, oh no, I, I didn't film this correctly. And if I put it, the captions are going to be over my face. And I, if I put it too low, it's going to be near the comments, so I can't see it. And then I just moved it up and it fit perfectly and I was like and that is why I was given a big boy
0: <laughs> the lord knew there you go the,
1: the lord. lord knew
0: speaking of god actually I have um oh. I had a very profound realization I've been I think and I think it's because I've been um talking to a lot or reconnecting with a lot of people that I uh, used to go to church with and I was heavily involved in the apostolic church for about seven years. And before that I had, you know, I wouldn't say that I really grew up in the church, but I was definitely a church goer more out of habit than anything else to be, if I'm being completely honest, more out of like, you're supposed to go to church on Sunday. So you have to go to church on Sunday. But when I was part of the apostolic church, I actually really reconnected with my faith and really reconnected with, um, building relationships with people in the church in a trusting way. And so I valued my time there. But since then, I think my views on religion have changed. Um,
1: Hmm. How so, Gina?
0: Well, I'm so glad you asked, Catherine. (laughs) I'm so glad you and your forehead have asked me this question. Um,
1: (laughs) This is where the captions for the video are. (laughs)
0: Please, if we do a promo, put the captions like right on your forehead. (laughs) (laughs) So here was my realization. I was walking yesterday and deep in thought. And I I realized, I said this thing to myself. I said, I 100% believe that there is a God. I, however, also 100% believe that we know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. I don't think, and I think it's sort of arrogant, the way that we handle God and religion, you know? Cause I mean, speaking from a scientific point, um, there are things, well, the human senses are limited. There are sounds that the human ear cannot pick up. There are colors that the human eye cannot really see. Um, and there are certain things that we're just limited in our ability to fully experience things, you know? And with that idea in mind, how could we have the audacity to think we could ever comprehend an omnipresent deity? I think it's arrogant. that
1: word?
0: Omnipresent, as in everywhere. As in, you know, the idea that God exists everywhere at all times at the same time, blah, blah, blah. So the fact that we would be so arrogant to think that we could even comprehend what an omnipresent deity is, the fact that we would be so arrogant as to take a book written by man, and yes. assume that everything in that book is one hundred percent correct and not just a game of telephone passed down from one group of people to the next is to right. me um, arrogant. And I still love the people that I went to church with, and I still have what I would consider a strong faith. But it's just, it's not God that I've <laughs> that I lost faith in. It's more like I've lost faith in more people than I ever have God, because it's like whether you think and then there's
1: organized religion
0: yes an organized religion and how it's run and and just the audacity i just think there's so much audacity and arrogance in how we speak on it like it's like i don't i would never pretend to know everything about something and i say something because again i don't know why would i label god a he or she or an or are they or anything like this thing?
1: Well, you know, I'm I'm of the belief that the organized of almost everything comes back from the from males, from men. And if one thing men have is audacity. audacity.
0: <laughs> <Ladies and gentlemen, laughs> if it's the one thing they have, the men have audacity, guys. Yeah. Because when you think of like historically, the world has always been patriarchal and that's just how it's been it's how we got our rules it's how we got our laws it's how everything is run um
1: well modern society right yes if yes we think of other societies it was different yes
0: if we think of amazon societies and stuff like amazonian women and everything like that or you know other societies other cultures but when you're thinking modern modern culture is very patriarchal and so mm-hmm. it makes sense to look at it like well when you think of it like that it's no wonder that the, the bible as we know it or the bible that we see is filled with these kind of misogynistic whether undertones or just straight out misogyny which we don't know yeah. if it was mistranslated does anybody know anyone who speaks aramaic does anybody know anybody who could go back like right like it's like we don't we don't even know like I think I forget who it might be. It might be my bestie James who has a bit about the Bible where he says, where's the bibliography? Right.
1: Like, That's a great
0: one. Yeah. Like where, where do we, where do we find out where this information came from? Um, but as
1: you said, the, the, the buble was written by man. Mm-hmm. The
0: The biblia. The
1: biblia.
0: The bible, the, bible. <laughs> the, bible. The, bible. <laughs> the buble. <What's> that? <laughs> Eddie is her joke where he says it's a biblia. We've written a book. It's called the Bibli. <laughs> <laughs> um it's just kind of it's I, written I, so by thought, humans that thought just kind of got into my head and i was like it's and don't get me wrong i just I, I have people in my family who are deeply religious people who are christian people i love them i have people on my husband's side who are deeply religious and deeply christian people and i love them and they are good people it's just for me yeah. personally my personal belief mm-hmm. is that yes i 100 agree with you there is a god but no, I don't think you have any idea or could even conceptualize what a godlike figure or I deity, what where the godlike deity is. How could you, how could you possibly understand that when half of us can't even understand algebra? Yeah. It's like I can't could- understand I- basic math. Yeah. I can't do basic math either, guys. So yeah. I don't know fractions. I don't know nothing. And so I don't, I just think it's very arrogant that we assume so much or assume to know so much knowledge. And then there were other, like, and then I go down a rabbit hole of different, you know, things that I research, like ideas of like our God and the universe, one and the same, you know, different. And, you know, you go to Christian pages and they're like, absolutely not. And then there is, um, I forget what it's called, but there is like a type of, almost like it's not atheism. Um, I think it, I want to say it's pantheism or or something like that. I'll have to look up the phrase itself, but it's the belief that God and the universe are one and the same.
1: Then whatever that is, I'm that. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure. Okay, sign me up.
0: Yeah, like, sign me up for that because I'm I, that.
1: I feel like if God is... Um, what did you say? Omnominas?
0: Omnipresent. Omnipresent. That's, yes. that's if, What'd you say? Omelette? If he's an omelette? If God is an omelette, <laughs> then he is a If de- God, de- God de- is an
1: If om- God is <laughs> a Greek omelette, then I... I am the feta. Then I am the feta. And hey, you the tomate. Why I gotta be the tomate? I hate tomato. <laughs> okay you could be the spinach Thanks. um <laughs> no no i i do i personally and as i've gotten older i'm you know i'm a believer in um in 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 the universe in presence but if 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 god is omni omnipresent mm-hmm. then and the universe is omnipresent then it just makes sense to me To me, I don't like the idea that how can something be omnipresent, but also this one entity, an entity can still be, you know, like air, like God is, it is that right. So to me, I kind of look at it as, does that mean that if, if, if this God we speak of were to manifest into a being, it couldn't look like a human being or look like what? Sure. But I don't think that's how it exists right yeah. and i think that if anything the arrogance you speak of to me um i i go it makes sense why people would think these things because in all honesty people almost want to either, either oh i want something to believe in right because i need purpose or then the other ones go yes we need something to believe in we love that but I. Don't want it to be so abstract, so outside of what we know, and what we know is us, our existence, the tangible stuff. So that's why they want to make it this tangible thing, right? And so, I, I, it's con- it, there's a lot of contradictions in organized religion. That's where I go. I do believe that like um, there's an energy, there's something bigger. I believe in science, um, but I also believe that there are certain things that just um, how do I say this? You you can't rationalize through science, mm-hmm. some things you just cannot. And I, I you know, the more I, I, I um, practice it within myself, I do really believe that we have the ability to shift and change our reality, and to change our perspective. And so whether you think we are God, because some people think that too, mm-hmm. or whether you think we have the ear of god we just don't practice it enough well that's the same as the ones who have the ear, who are just saying like i address everything to the universe mm-hmm. right but in the evening i say um I, I give my thank yous and i give my thank yous to god and the universe i'm just doing that because when i get to the gates i don't need god being like you never talk to me i'm like oh damn yo like my bad and he's like nah go to the universe to go, go to, to the,
0: the universe. universe go talk I to your other like, hoe the universe it's,
1: it's dark over there come on I like the clouds and he's it's,
0: like nope you should there's said a lot goodnight. of stars I'm afraid of heights I don't even want right. to go out there <laughs> I'm scared that's of the, aliens bro right and
1: I feel like yes I I I you know, I'm always going to be of the of the um, belief where it's like, God is just a word to give people like something to, to cling on to, to address, right? Um, it's the same as we are born and given a name. Mm-hmm. We don't, like we didn't, we weren't born and like, you weren't supposed to be Gina. That was the decision that was made. Right? And now you exist only as. You know, well, at some point, whatever this being was, this is why God has had so many names and so many iterations. Because in the end, it really comes down to how we want to exist and how we want to, like, address this belief system. So that's what I'm saying. You want to call it universe? Call it universe. Just don't disrespect.
0: That's yeah, I, where that's I That's the thing. Like, I wouldn't disrespect anybody who... Like, and this is not meant as disrespect to anybody who goes to church who is an avid church goer. I lived that life and I loved it. I loved being in church. I loved having a church family. I loved getting up there on Sunday and singing songs. I loved it. Um, it was a beautiful part of my life. But as I grow and as my beliefs grow and as I educate myself more on how the world was built and why it is the way it is, which is a lot of the books I'm reading now, um, naturally my views are going to change. And I know a bunch of brilliant theologians that will, I'm sure could give me a million reasons why God is not the universe and and that's great. Please don't bother. Please don't bother because what, my beliefs are, are solely my beliefs and they don't have to be yours, nor do I need you to change my mind or even defend yourself. I'm not even asking you to defend yourself. I'm saying I will respect what you do if you can respect what I do.
1: Right. How does my belief change your reality? Like, unless uh, I think, I think religion is dangerous when it starts to discuss the, like when it starts to dehumanize Mm -hmm. people. Right when it starts to do stuff like that. Other than that, yo really live and let live. Do you boo-boo? Like just do let you people it's not your business? Move on. Like or agree to disagree. There's nothing wrong in that.
0: But we're gonna move on to the TikTok of the day. Um, which is an interesting uh thing about parenting that I would, would love to talk about. So Catherine, I'll let you take it away.
1: Cool. So today's TikTok of the day is by an Adele Wang. Um, Wang? Wang? I think it's Wang. Yeah. Um, And it says, if your mom does this to you, it's probably because she's learned it from someone else. And if you're doing this to your kids, you should stop this right now. There is still some time. Um, If your mom said, you should be grateful for me after everything I've done. In fact, I gave up on my dreams because of you. There are so many things I would have done. The last the least you can do is appreciate me. You don't understand. Now, the TikTok goes on longer, but this is where I cut it so we can have thoughts. How? What do you think about that? I mean, I'm not, you know, divulge what you want if this was done to you or not. It's yeah. more so just the overall act. I can't
0: recall my mom ever doing this, thankfully. In fact, um, I, I don't, I think my mom just, I never heard her say anything like that. Um, I don't think she ever had to because I was fully aware. I could see how tired my mom was. I could see how stressed she was. She never had to like put it on me, and she never did. Like she was never like you know, I sacrificed X Y Z for you. You should you know you should realize how much I've sacrificed for you. My mom was just like one of those moms. I was like, just please don't annoy me. <laughs> like just please like just don't. I I'm trying to survive here. Like the only times my mom would get angry is like one of those things where it's um like if her kids were bothering her, like where it's like, I, this is my one moment to sit down. Please just let me sit down in peace was my mom's thing. And so uh, that was like one of the biggest things that I noticed about this particular thing. I was like, the, my immediate first thought was like, my mom never did that. And I can understand how damaging that is as a mom, like to do that to your child to put that on your kid. That's such a, a guilt trippy thing to do, to just, to browbeat your kid with the sacrifices you made when those sacrifices were in essence, your choice. Like you chose to sacrifice. And, and I've always been the kind of person where it's like, if you choose to sacrifice something, whether it's time or money or whatever, why would you speak on it? Like you chose to make that sacrifice. Are you using? Are you looking for praise? Are you looking for accolades? Do you want people to just lay roses at your feet for the sacrifices you made? Because sacrifices made are always for the greater good, in my opinion like where it's like, I'm making this sacrifice for my child because I want my child to have a good education. I want my child to have a happy home. I want my child to have this. I want my child to have that. So what's the point in making them feel guilty about those sacrifices when in the end you were doing it quote unquote for their good, for their own good. Like it just, it doesn't make sense to me. And I've seen, the thing is growing up where I grew up, I've seen parents do this. I've seen, I've, I've heard moms talk to their kids like this. You know what I mean? Um, and I think for some reason, and I, it's it's specific to moms because I feel like moms have more of that connection where it's like, um, like I, I would notice my mom would lose it on us more than my dad. And I think that's because we came out of her and there's just this right. rage of like, you know, how dare you speak to me like that when you came out of me? How dare you disrespect me like that when I gave birth to you? Like- I feel like there's that rage. That's why I think she's, she's saying like mothers, you know, like, or, um, she's saying parents or moms specifically.
1: No, she's saying moms specifically. Yeah.
0: She's saying moms specifically. That's what I thought. Um, and I think that's why, like, it makes sense that that's cause there's, there's this thing. I mean, um, Ida Rodriguez has a great joke about it too. Like about her daughter. She's like, when you've had somebody like come out of you and then disrespect you, you're just like, it's like you're flabbergasted. You cannot believe it happened. And so I think that's where a lot of it comes from is this like, I think they're mistaken. And it, this is where, and a lot of times I think this happens with teenagers more so than other kids, like because teenagers are going through such a rough time. You have to understand, like, hormonally, their bodies are changing, their um, priorities are different. They want to be popular, they want to be liked, they want to be cool. And so I think a lot of teenagers are just in a, a, a position where their parents are like not really understanding what it's like anymore to be a teenager. And so they come at them like that, like, how dare you? I sacrifice for you. Meanwhile, this poor kid is going through this emotional roller coaster and going through all I high school was so stressful for me. You know what I mean? Like junior high and high school were like some of the most stressful times of my life. And I still remember those times. So I want to keep that in mind for when my son grows up. And I'm like, yeah, being a teenager is difficult. You're dealing with physical changes, emotional changes, and priority shifts. So there's so Mm -hmm. much going on with you. Um, And I think it's just, it's more of a frustrated mom thing to say. But I definitely think if there's one thing parenting wise or a couple of things parenting wise that need to be X'd out from old ways of parenting and old styles of parenting. I think that's definitely one of them that we need to just 86. Don't talk to your kids like that. Yeah.
1: I think for me, like I, I can't, cause I think my mom has done a version of it. I think this is like super abusive, um, to another level. Um, but I think there are subtle ways of doing this, yep. um, that maybe parents aren't even aware of, but I'm going to break it down to once again, patriarchy. This is the reason why fathers don't do this is because fathers aren't concerned with uh, appreciation and gratitude Mm -hmm. to the same degree. The fact of the matter is women in general are not appreciated or um, people aren't as grateful for them societally in general. So to some degree in the hierarchy of power, a woman is already lesser than a man in our society. And so then she inadvertently sometimes feels like as you just said the idolatry just thing you came out of me that somehow makes you under me regardless of your age so whether it's to the toxic level of this specific um example or whether it's the subtle level I think that's where it's grounded from this I need to feel appreciated but where I stand on this is you I go with what you just said you're right you you made the choice. So Mm -hmm. this is where I'm not a mother and I I don't want to judge mothers, but sometimes you can't help but judge mothers when you go, (laughs) being a mother does not change the fact that you chose to be a mother, like that you chose it unless you were forced. Sometimes that's a different scenario, totally. But I'm in this example, if it was an act of choice, Mm -hmm. that is not the child's choice. That is your choice. I feel no empathy for your choice because it was your choice. I may feel empathy because it may be a difficult day, a difficult situation, but I feel no empathy for your choice. Sorry, I would feel that way about anybody um, and any choice. Now, I also am a believer in you cannot force gratitude. And the more you try to force gratitude, frankly, the less they're going to want to be grateful Facts. because that's what you're doing. You're forcing them. You're going, I need you to look at everything I do, but in return, and I'm just using the, the nuclear family example, just for the yes. sake of this, is it that someone else is not appreciating you, boo? Could it be that? Could it be that you just need to like, you know, they say, um oh, shit goes downhill. Hmm. Could it be a, a little bit, just a little bit? I'm just saying, if you dissected it, could it just be society comes down on women to that degree? See, there's where I have empathy for women, right? Where I go, yes, mothers do live in this fucking unimaginable. Try to have a career. Try to have a family. Try to be an independent woman. I get that. I totally get that. But the minute you chose to have a child. My mom always says this, your life is not your own. Mm -hmm. Sorry, your life is not your own. And women who are like, but I'm still an individual. You are, but your life is not your own. Until they are an adult and living in their own life, you made an active choice. And how dare you make them feel bad in their existence because somebody may have made you feel bad. Mm -hmm. All you're doing is... um. Like vomiting a version of pain onto them. Yeah. And so, how can you? How can you, in the same breath, go? I want the best for my kids, but I will make them feel in a type of way that isn't actually the best. Guilting someone isn't the best.
0: Yeah. Right. Why, why somebody- would you make them feel indebted to you? But you're like, I feel that's, they're not your servants. They're not, exactly. like, they're not staff. They're not subordinates. They're exactly. your flesh, your blood, your child. Like, I think even in my height of frustration, I couldn't see myself saying that to my son. Like, how much I've sacrificed for you. Like, I can see myself getting upset at disrespect and that just happens. And it's yeah. hard to control your response when you're feeling emotional. But I agree with you. Yeah, but, like,
1: that. But you, even in that whole... Even the analogy of like how I, I I innately feel like, how can you disrespect me? You came out of me. Again, maybe, most likely, my feelings would change if I had a child. Most likely at like 99.9% uh, percent because that's a, just a different experience. Yeah. But until then, because I cannot even imagine that, my brain goes, you realize they don't remember you carrying them. You realize you know this because you don't remember yes. being carried.
0: you, no, don't you know it. Being. You know it, but at the same time, it's like because you've been through it, because you've had the kid. There is, I mean, and it's such an emotional and physical and like physical a traumatic, like a traumatizing experience physically, birth, giving birth. It's just a traumatic experience. Even if you have the most pleasant birth, it is physically traumatizing to your body, which is why your body needs time to recover, which I think is where that idea comes from. It's like, it's hard to separate that idea from, yes, I know you don't remember coming out of me, but I do. I remember it every time I look at you. I remember it. I remember, and not always in this like painful, harsh way, but like, it's like, I remember that moment. I remember the moment I held myself right. for the first time. And you remember those things and you remember those beautiful moments. And then when the disrespect comes in and disrespect happens for a list of reasons, a host of right. reasons, stress, hormones, life, everything, um, just a bad moment. It's in that moment. It's how you react to that disrespect. And even though you may have that feeling, and I know I will probably have that feeling of how dare you? I you came out of me. How dare you? How dare if you, you knew see, but, like if you knew but it, that's the thing, but it's not saying it's not saying that to the person, knowing that and being like, Right. I wish, I wish
1: you It's understood. to check yourself.
0: Yes, it's the the being able to check yourself because this kid does not remember any of that, nor are those sacrifices going to mean anything to a person who has not made the sacrifices.
1: It also doesn't change the situation at hand that they disrespected you. One does not have anything to do with the other. The how dare you is not the problem. How dare you? Because I am a human being and you don't talk to me like that. How dare you? Because that is wrong to do to human beings. Cause we're talking about morals and ethics yeah. is a very different thing than how dare you? Because you came out of me. There is a difference between what you owe me and what yes. you owe humanity. And when mothers individualize it to you came out of me, they're putting themselves in this version of God to this child, rather than teaching them the, the higher lesson of how to treat, human beings and yes. there's the problem that i see with parenting where parents to some degree see themselves as gods in their children's eyes whether they act whether they actively decided that or not and then question when those when some of those people have no care for other human beings well what did you teach them that the only thing that mattered in respecting was a and b i mean i Sometimes think it that's also... the case
0: I think it also definitely changes like when you've actually had a kid, obviously like it just changes your perspective. Cause I think probably before having a kid, I would not have been able to understand why a mother would do that in the first place. Like I I would not have, I, I wouldn't have been able to conceptualize like, why would you even say that to a kid at all? But after having a kid and knowing the emotions, it's almost like those emotions and that, from carrying a baby, from being pregnant, like from giving birth, like all of that is etched into your brain. And it's almost etched into you physically. Every time my son cries, my entire body reacts. It's not like, it's like yeah, a they, chemical reaction where it's like my body goes, They say your Danger. DNA
1: changes. Yeah. They say like everything changes. I get that. But there's where my brain, my logical brain understands why a mother would think that way. Yeah, I'm not, you know, that you have to be dense not to get it. My thing is, if this is connected to emotions, Mm -hmm. if this is connected to that, once again, I go back to, then mothers maybe need a little bit of therapy after having babies to check themselves to, and I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying, check yourself because now your job is to make sure this human being is the best version of a human being possible. And yeah. the only way they can be that way is if you are constantly checking yourself to try to be the best best version of yeah. you. And I'm sorry, existence does not have um, empathy for this chemical change you're talking about. Society does not have empathy for that. So you have to have enough of that awareness to go Shit, like you just said, before I had a kid, never would have seen it. Now that I do, cool. What do you do at that point? You well, either what go, Let's you, see make what you make a choice.
0: You make the choice in that wow. moment, whether exactly you have that to, to go with the emotional response and to go with, you know, how dare you, blah, 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 and just come down and, and browbeat this kid. Or take a moment to realize, again, and this is what we talked about in our last episode, having this moment of realization where here's my emotional response. Now, what do I think about this situation? Where it's like, I know how I feel. And this is why you'll find a lot of moms. Like, it's so funny if you go on Mom Talk, and we'll we'll go into our Dear Gina after this. um, There's a lot of moms that will get on like TikTok and just cry. Literally, just cry about how difficult it is to be a parent because they don't want to take these emotions out on their kids. So they take the moment and they go, I need to cry because this hurts so much and I cannot put, I can't put this on my kid. I literally have to. And I've heard moms talk about it all the time. You take that moment to go in the bathroom and literally you cry your eyes out and then you have to compose yourself and come back out and be ready to deal with the situation and look at it in a different light because it's just, it's so, it's so emotionally trying. Like I get it. Moms that do this, please stop doing it. But I understand the reason why it. I understand the pain it causes. Right. And if you need to go cry about it, go cry about cry it. About have it. a good shower, cry about it, work it out, and and then realize that the person, the little person that you are raising. They are a blank slate that you are imprinting on constantly. Do not imprint these negative things that will make them grow up with these complexes because what you're doing is such a disservice to this kid, even if it hurts, even if you want to scream at the top of your lungs. Like, realize what you're, you're molding a person and you have to constantly remind yourself of that.
1: And if you are fortunate enough to be with a partner, as if it's their parent. Um, uh, take a moment and evaluate. Does this also have something to do with appreciation across the board? Not just your child. And I'm sorry, how dare you require something of a child that you won't require of your partner? And so in my opinion, if you need that moment to go into the shower, this is something else I feel. Mothers inadvertently take on more than a dad, but then will complain about what the dad doesn't do but you don't give yourself the moment to for the cry. Mm-hmm. You have, you know what I mean? There's a version of control in this. Yeah. It, it, it really comes down to awareness and I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's what, you know, cause I had a single mom. We didn't have somebody that she could lean on to have that moment, but there's women who have partners and still do this as if they are living literally like single mothers, mm-hmm. but to some degree, that's a choice.
0: Just no, something. that is 100% a choice. It's 100% a choice. As a mom, I can say that I felt like that before where I've been like, oh, I'll just do it. Like there's this feeling of like, only I can, can deal with this kid.
1: And, and but as long as you don't you take that out,
0: right? Yeah.
1: as long as you don't take that out on the kid, because in the end, now you want more appreciation because what you really want is it from literally taking the burden from someone else and you're projecting it. To this person who, if they're little, especially, but I think to some degree their whole life, they depend on you. Mm -hmm. The last thing they need is to feel like they're a burden. Mm
0: -hmm. That's
1: a big thing. And I think what's
0: what's interesting about the two perspectives that you are all getting right now is that, Catherine, you're talking from the perspective of a daughter who's experienced this to a certain extent. And I'm talking mm -hmm. from the perspective of a mother who... Is trying her best and not to do that in every given scenario, so that she raises, I so I raise my son to be confident, to not let anybody treat him like that, so that he doesn't, because it's so damaging to subject a child to guilt, and then they are susceptible to it for the rest of their life, and that's what, what, my big. What's
1: interesting thing. is if you um, what what's interesting is your son could one day be with a partner and be because of everything he's learned from you be so appreciative and grateful and loving and giving and the half Mm -hmm. the I do my share that his future children, if he were to have them won't have to experience this, like this situation either. Yeah. Because like I said, if it comes down to an appreciation thing, his partner will feel supported and appreciated and she, you know what I mean? And, and there, there may be that because I think this all comes from conditioning societally and all these like structures of power. And Mm -hmm. so to me, I'm like, nobody's bad for doing this. You're bad. No, excuse me. You're not bad for doing this. It's wrong to become any version of aware that you're doing this and continue. That's it. Yeah.
0: One hundred percent. Um, that said, let's move into our dear Gina, because we do have to wrap this sucker up. Um, uh, yeah, this kind of fits. Dear Gina, have you ever struggled with being, uh, being a people pleaser? If so, how did you get out of that habit? Um, yeah, I think I I would say 100% I think um to a certain extent a lot of people if not every person struggles a little bit with being a people pleaser and that kind of goes back to what we we're talking about with personality based ethics. I think our idea is, I mean, I know for me growing up, one of the things that my mom would do is when we would go out and we would go visit people, it was like don't touch this, don't say this, don't ask for anything, don't do this and it was like okay, this is this is what I have to do to make this stranger happy. Cause that's what my mom is telling me. And it just puts you in this mindset of like, I have to constantly quote unquote behave and make sure everyone is happy with my behavior. And so I think because of that for a very long time, I was a, a big people pleaser and I was very concerned with making everyone happy, even at the expense of my own happiness. And once I started doing a lot of work on myself it sort of automatically pulled me out of being a people pleaser because i became this person that was like i can no longer neglect my own comfort, happiness and well-being for the sake of others. Um i think once you start really showing yourself and this is all about really self-love. Once you start loving yourself and you realize that you can put yourself first and it doesn't make you a bad person, i think that helps you get out of the people-pleasing mode because you cannot please everyone. It is literally impossible to please everyone all of the time. So you will constantly struggle if you are a people-pleaser. You will constantly struggle because there's going to be somebody that you just can't make happy. And that's going to kill you inside because your existence is solely based on whether or not other people are happy with you as a person. Once you get over that and you start showing yourself some love and yourself some respect, you realize that you can be respectful towards another person and not try to please them. You can be in situations where you can fully be yourself and not worry about what somebody's going to say or think of you, but you really have to do the self-work. You really have to work towards self-love, self-respect and And really the character-based ethics that we talked about earlier. So I think doing that self-work is really what helped me get out of the habit. So that's basically the advice I would give is like, start to do more work on loving yourself. Start to do more work on respecting yourself. Because that's really where the issue lies. Is you have more love and respect for the outside people than you can muster up for yourself. So I would say do that work and it'll sort of naturally lead you down the path of not being a people pleaser anymore. Catherine?
1: I agree. I agree 100%. Um, I don't know if being a people pleaser is a habit though. Mm. I don't think it's a habit, right? Like I wouldn't I categorize it. it as a habit. I don't know. I think uh, it is a societal norm. It is trying to mm. uh, like you said, a behavior thing you behave. Cause I know I was told that, you know, you go to someone's house, behave when you're in school, behave. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's just a way people teach you how to exist in this society. Um, now again, bad and good is relative. So to some people behaving is not a bad thing. Yeah. To other people not behave i mean uh to other people being a people pleaser is a bad thing for me myself i i i guess i guess to some degree i could say I, I i have moments where i've been a people pleaser um but for the majority no i'm the youngest in my family i'm you know the youngest usually gets a certain type of freedom and i'm not saying that as like a good thing or a bad thing i'm saying that i had a, a little less Fs to give, yeah. Um, just naturally. Um, now that doesn't mean I didn't care to make people happy or stuff like that. But in the end, um, you know, the the youngest kind of gets. Uh, you know, we we're not the ones with the most baby pictures. We're not the most. We're not the ones. That, that have that experience because yeah. we're, we're getting people, people act like, oh, the youngest have it so easy. Yeah. But we also get the short end of the stick to some degree. So there's where you start to learn the, eh. you know, like what I got what I got. Um, and now mind you, I'm not, a, I wasn't spoiled as the youngest. So I ride in between the line of I'm a people pleaser. If I genuinely care for you and I want you to feel good, but I'm not a everybody pleaser, right? Um, yeah. So the habit is really just going, where do your priorities lie, right? Like, I don't see it as people pleasing if to me, um, it's Gina and I want to make sure uh, she has a good time or we were in a good vibe and we're chilling. Now, mind you, I would never compromise If something's going on. Like if, if, if we have some type of like risk in that moment, I'll never compromise the need to talk about it. But I also know when to address things because I care. I I want to make sure our relationship is good. There's a priority there. So I'm not trying to please her or, or or myself any more than the other i'm just trying to make sure that the overall goal is on the table now mind you with general public with other people um again situation based i think that if you are doing any self-work if you do have any type of awareness people pleasing is is kind of connected to um controlling your emotions knowing how to control your emotions going um how does this situation how could it affect me emotionally right nine out of ten times is because people don't want to feel bad Mm -hmm. they don't want to feel like I did this bad I did but if I don't feel bad (laughs) like if I'm like I know I know that that's a personal you thing not a something I did to you thing I have that awareness so I don't feel like I need to do the extra thing but if I, in the times that I have been a people pleaser, um, it has been like, like you said, growing up, behave, uh, comportate bien, that was a big oh my God, thing. that's my mom's
0: favorite thing to say to me. Portate
1: yeah. bien. Portate bien. Yeah, that was how people, like growing up, they would be like, Merry Christmas, here's your gift. They would give me a hug. Portate bien. I swear to God, my, my name might as well be Catherine Portate Bien Mendoza, because that was... <laughs> That was my yeah, childhood. I, right. I think that when you grow up being constantly told, portate bien, you make the choice to go. Does that define me? Yeah. I needed, I, very young, was like, pero yo no me porto mal. Having an opinion no es me mal. Having, being an individual no es me mal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about my little travesuras when I did like, cause yeah. you know, People Your do that. Yeah. I'm talking about just because you wouldn't do or you don't like the way that I live my life. If I'm not hurting you, if I'm not affecting you, if I'm not taking anything away from you, it doesn't put me in a bad mm-hmm. category. Therefore, I don't have to please you. Preach. Um, but people who are usually people pleasers from early ages care far more about what other people think. Mm -hmm. I started realizing that caring so much about what other people think actually hurt my little cancer self. It hurt me too much. Yep. And unless I want to exist every single day crying, Mm -hmm. which would be the case, people please, it was just not for me. So understand that it's an emotional thing. If you want to regulate your emotions, know when this is, a priority moment to like uh be more mindful. That's not pleasing, mindful. Mm-hmm. And when this is like you just want me to do for you more than what I might want to do for you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yes, it comes down to working on yourself so you can be aware and be okay when it is it is a good time. Like sometimes you know, you invite somebody to your house, you want to make them some nice food, are people pleasing? but I'm enjoying it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pleasing myself too. Yeah. That's a moment where it's good to be a people pleaser, right? Like to be the hostess. That's what I'm saying. I think people even use people pleasing, like it could be always the bad thing. There's always two sides to certain um, stigmas. Yep. People pleasing has a stigma. So yeah, that's where I stand on it.
0: True that hashtag facts, people. No lines detected, <laughs> as the kids say. Um, Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you.
1: Um, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Catherine G. Mendoza or at Catherine G. Mendoza. I don't remember which one has dots, which one doesn't. Sorry. Um, or on Twitter at Kathy Grace24. K A T H I E Grace, G R A C, 24. Spell it
0: all right you guys know you can find me on instagram at g brion tiktok is at g 80 uh check out the website ginabrion.com or dot net uh check out the floor is lava on amazon and uh head over to hbo and see some of the stuff i have over there i'll have some upcoming stuff soon but i cannot speak on it but when i can i will um you guys know I'd love to end the show with a piece of advice my mom gives me to this day. When life throws a lot at you, handle it one catastrophe at a time, people. Until next time. Looking real sweet with the bike like Bailey's. Hands on deck, I swim in it like David. Yeah, do it like that. Yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Looks damn good, but really she tight. bad. Go to sleep, I call him a night nice. cat. Won't kill her. You were born killer. Mmm. get him. Gon' go gon' get him. Mmm.